0: and Money Trail followers. Welcome back to Leaving Hillsong. My name's Tanya and this is part two of A World of Trouble and in this episode I'm so excited to have Barry Bowen from the Trinity Foundation back with us. He was on the episode called The Money Trail that you can find around about Easter time of this year. Barry investigates the financial goings-on of TV evangelists all around the world and right through the United States. And he's had a look at the Natalie Moses case too. And he's had a look at how it pans out globally and within the US legal system and also compared with other TV evangelists and Pentecostal preachers. So pull off a chair and... Get Ready for a World of Trouble Part 2 with Barry Bowen. So, Barry, thank you so much for your time today. We're so excited to have you back. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Now, you've had a chance to have a look at the Natalie Moses case with Hill Song. Tell us what you see, please.
1: It is very fascinating to me as an investigator. The best way to understand this is that Hillsong is a small part of a really big global problem. What we see at Hillsong, we see in mega churches um, across America and in other ministries. uh, There is a lot of fraud. Uh, For example, the International Bulletin of Missionary Research, every year they estimate um, the amount of global fraud in the church. Um, world. And it's over $50 billion a year. Wow! Now. Wow! So um, there's a number of allegations, Natalie uh, Moses makes in her statement that are really worth diving into. She talks about board members having a conflict of interest. Uh, they were personally benefiting from gifts, for okay. example. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those things where countries, when they write a tax code for nonprofit organizations for tax deductible donations. They will often have law that prohibits the practice. Uh, these uh, directors of nonprofit organizations should not be able to personally benefit other than for reasonable compensation for services rendered. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there are different governments will have, gift policies where um, you can provide a gift that can only be for a certain amount of money. In the United States, there is a lack of these kind of rules for nonprofit organizations generally, especially churches. So okay. there is a gift limit in the United States. I think it's about $15,000 now. Any amount over that, there can be a tax on it. What happens is these are routinely not reported to the IRS, which is the tax authority in the United States. Another problem that we saw in Hillsong was the use of honorariums. So they're giving money to speakers and musicians for speaking or performing. And these large payments, in some cases, are tax deductible when they shouldn't be. Okay. Okay. This can be a method of money laundering. I'm not at liberty to go into much detail, but there are informants that have contacted the organization I work for, Trinity Foundation, a watchdog organization that monitors religious and financial fraud. And these whistleblowers um, and informants have contacted us about money laundering through honorariums. We know it's a problem. We do not know how big it is a problem. We need more informants to fill in the details.
0: Okay. And how is this laundering taking place? Like what, casinos or like, how how do they do it?
1: Well, when money is embezzled, when money's stolen, they need to make it look like a honest transaction so that it does not get the attention of investigative agencies, Mm -hmm. banks, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So when you label a financial gift as an honorarium, it may look legal on paper, but may not be. So it's a way of disguising what's going on. The term goes back to at least in the early 1900s. Some people claim that it was the word money laundering uh, came about because of a prominent gangster there was a mafia guy who owned a laundry, and mm-hmm. people go wash their clothes. It was an all cash business. So he right, take the cash mix it in with his criminal profits and deposit in the bank, and they wouldn't suspect anything. Right, suspicious.
0: But I mean, I'm just wondering. I mean, and it's not important, but it just while we're on it, um, I mean, what are they doing with all this cash? Are they sinking it into property, or are they? How do they launder? How do TV evangelists? launder
1: sometimes the money is placed in tax haven nations they're little island nations that uh, have in the past had histories of having low income taxes or no income tax so you could put your money in another country and it not be taxed so there are multiple reasons for using tax havens one reason is to avoid taxation Another reason is to hide money from say a spouse.
2: So okay. you've got a
1: wealthy businessman that um thinks he might end up getting divorced. He moves some of his assets, puts them in another country so that his wife can't access them, get
0: to them. And that frequently these island nations would know about all this, would The Cayman Islands, the Bahamas, or some oh, of them. Yeah.
1: Nice. I mean, I've looked for um companies related to Hillsong in the offshore leaks database. There's a large database of corporate uh, filings of, of companies that are registered in these countries. Okay. And so I've looked for them for Hillsong. There's a Hillsong insurance, but it's, yeah. as far as I can tell, it's not related to Hillsong church.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, where else do they launder money?
1: I mean, money can be put into property. Right. that's really prominent having
0: multiple homes okay okay so that's kind of like an in your face kind of money launder okay that i i just i you know i wondered if they were sending i don't know people to back rooms or something all right so cool sorry please continue
1: so one of the, the interesting things that natalie revealed is that money was being sent from one Hillsong entity to another Hillsong entity mm. or to another organization in another country. Australia has specific external standards. These are rules that apply to nonprofit funds being distributed, um, sent to another country. Uh, and these funds have to be accounted for properly yep. reported if there's not proper reporting, it can be a crime. It, not properly reporting yeah. funds yeah. Uh, it is a big red flag if the government discovers it being done, because it looks like the nonprofit, be it a church or ministry or whatever, has something to hide.
0: What are the laws like with the U.S. with? Well. So
1: in Hillsong in Australia, um, there's certain financial information that is shared with the, the Australian Charity Commission that is not shared in the United States. The way it works in the United States is there's a form called a form 990. This document discloses total revenue, total expenses, compensation of highly compensated individuals. There's a breakdown of expenses page, Um, It like lists transportation expenses, lobbying expenses, insurance expenses, compensation to employees. But churches, mosques, synagogues are not required to fill out this form.
0: Okay. Okay. And
1: so there was a congressional hearing. There was this government hearing where the head of the tax authority in the United States, the Internal Revenue Service, the commissioner, was interviewed before Congress. And he said, because churches are not required to report, they do not know when certain illegal transfers of assets takes place. Okay. You don't know because of the lack of reporting. So there were funds transferred from a Hillsong entity in the United States to another country just so they did not have to report.
0: So this makes sense to me now. So if the rules are too strict in Australia, in order to maintain your charity status, you have to report where you send funds via that charity. But if you were to were so
1: transfer the funds, if you're not allowed to do it in
0: Australia,
1: if they're not allowed to do it in, so it in no, Australia, no, no. then they probably shouldn't be doing it.
0: Right. <laughs> right in the United States then you you can just send it to America and send it to all other places in the world and the U.S. isn't going to track that is what you're telling us yeah right in in the
1: United States
0: it's very rare for a church to be audited
1: by the Internal Revenue Service very rare what happens is a person has to make a complaint to the IRS um, then there is several high ranking officials that they review these complaints and they decide whether or not to audit or to launch a criminal investigation. And if they were to launch an investigation into Hillsong, and I think it would be appropriate to do so if they were to launch an investigation into Hillsong, the results of that investigation would be confidential until criminal charges were filed.
0: Okay. Okay. I mean, doesn't the public have a there, right? There's
1: bank secrecy laws. There are other privacy laws that prohibit the IRS from sharing information about the investigations or audits. Okay. Uh, and so another thing that the whistleblower uh, revealed was that Hillsong Church, 5% of the funds uh, went to Hillsong Global LLC. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Hillsong in the United States has set these companies, they're called limited liability companies. Typically, they will have one or two managers that oversee the organization. So there is no board of directors. If you've got one person making all the decisions, there's not proper oversight. And in the Australian external standards that regulate money going to other countries, it recommends That you have more than one person making the decision. Okay. So, I mean, this is required for there to be proper accountability. Not one person can't approve transactions without oversight. They want multiple people involved. There are a couple other things in the statement of claim, the whistleblower complaint um, that Natalie Moses filed um, that are worth bringing to your audience's attention there was a church. There was a building that like a fellowship that yep, was yep. owned by a company of people that were Hillsong board members and church funds were transferred to that company. I believe okay. it was $9 million. Yes. And transferring funds from a nonprofit to a for-profit is with lots of risk it can be highly illegal the the things that Hillsong is doing could put their nonprofit status at risk the The Australian um, Charity Commission when as they investigate these claims they'll have to verify well for one the church leadership will have to defend themselves. Do they have a honest defense right. against these claims. If they don't, they could be in for a world of trouble.
0: Um, <laughs> a world.
1: Um, There's some serious tax penalties that can be um, levied at the organization and they could even lose their charity status.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how would that work in the, in the US? What? In, in the United States, the Internal
1: Revenue Service publishes a bulletin almost every week, um, almost every Friday. If not, it'll come out on the Monday of the following week. And in these bulletins, about two or three times a year, they will announce nonprofit organizations that have lost their tax-exempt status for misconduct. Okay. So in the United States, certain laws do not apply to churches, like I previously mentioned. Churches are not required to file a 990. Other nonprofits are required to file. And if they fail to file a Form 990 for three years in a row, they are automatically, their tax-exempt status is revoked. But again, that does not apply to churches. Right. The IRS, when they investigate a church, they can put it in what's called receivership. They can appoint people to be overseers of the organization and the um, people that would in charge of a receivership they could be involved in appointing a new board of directors so i don't know if australia works this way maybe it's possible the um, government would appoint a new board of directors
0: okay that makes sense i mean we've recently become aware of a number of properties in newport beach california in orange county that the houston's have purchased i mean within the last couple of years and I believe there's been another home you know multi-million dollar home uh purchased in within the last 12 months and all I can feel from that is there's going to be a move to California they have they've declared a loss in revenue in their annual report every year for the last six financial years so it's been like I don't know the numbers, but you know, 120 million, then the next year is 107, next year is 95, and it's now down to 78. And you have to wonder if they're just sending it all over your way and whether somebody's not taking their trial in uh, December very seriously. The Brian Houston, who used to run Hillsong and his wife Bobby, they just put their house up for sale. And all that says to me is, you know, not taking it all that seriously but you know what a what a better deal you get over there seriously you don't have to you don't have to have anybody watching you from the sounds of it
1: when pastors or churches are caught in criminal misconduct or uh, other illegal activities sometimes um, these pastors will try to reinvent themselves or rebrand themselves so it's common for them to change the name of the church. So it's not associated with the previous name mm. or to start a new church in another city, those type of things happen. Uh, so it wouldn't be surprising me at all. If Brian Houston were to rebrand himself in the United States, also he could potentially just retire and, and walk away from the church mm. world for the most part. Mm. Yeah. But some people, there's a rush for them being in front of a large audience speaking to
2: To find out if it's right for you.
1: To a large congregation, they get a rush from it and they, mm. they enjoy it. So,
0: I mean, even Taylor Swift says that you know she feeds off that audience response. There's it nothing like it. I, I just uh, from from my understanding, if he were to be found guilty of the charge of concealing a serious indictable offense that would be a crime of what they call moral turpitude and he would not be allowed re-entry back into the U.S. so there's all kinds of conjecture about what the outcome of this um, trial might be but uh, I wouldn't
1: be surprised if Brian and Bobby Houston have applied for dual citizenship It's possible for a person.
0: Okay. I see because the Instagram feed has been full of like, here's our American children and our American grandchildren. Don't we all look happy together? Yes. Interesting. Wow. All right.
1: by the way, we haven't discussed this, but it also looks like Carl Lentz might be um, planning a possible comeback too. So Carl Lentz ended up um, making multiple moves um, after he left New York City area. I believe his residence was in New Jersey, close to New York City. He ended up moving to California and then later Florida. So in the, the city where he moved in, Florida, was cl- located close to a large megachurch. This church is associated with an organization known as ARC, A-R-C, Association of Related Churches. It's a large church planting organization. So megachurches give money to it to help start other churches. So they could potentially fund a new church start
0: by Carl Lentz. I mean, let's be honest there was not a coalence for decades, uh, you know, that could rouse a crowd like that, and uh, there's nobody currently in circulation that I know that has that same appeal, and you know, was able to wield that same power. So I guess, I mean, and and it's funny because the turnover in these places is so high, and it's already been, you know, what is it? It's been two years nearly, so give it another year and you know a lot of the the people at the doors of the churches have never would never have heard of carl lance wouldn't care what he did three four five years ago he's a great speaker so yeah i i there's you know and i guess i mean what else is he supposed to do go get a job as a stockbroker now or something i don't know i mean
1: people tend to return to the jobs that they feel comfortable with and I believe that Carl Lentz fed off of that audience excitement. His church um, services were sort of like a rock concert.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, he's so good at what he did and the sports references and, you know, he was really able to be all things to all men. And for that, you know, he's the, he's the kind of guy that you think, well, yeah, you know, that would be a smart comeback and, and, you know, he's got the skills. It's just fascinating how these people, uh, I mean, I'll say it, these men, uh, you know, commit the most heinous acts and then there's this focus on restoring them. And it's like, it, they, they just can't let go of having, like you said, getting up on that stage. They just cannot let go. And, the system supports them to come back and back and back, and it's it's just incredible. That's a, just an observation. Yeah. Following
1: what the Bible says, I mean, the Bible has um, certain guidelines for a elder of the church, a leader in the church. But one of the things that the Bible says is they should not be lovers of money. They should not be greedy. They should be people of of high moral standing, and uh-huh. this clearly is not apply to a number of these mega church pastors and definitely the Hillsong. I mean, you look at Brian Houston, he, he wrote a book about you need more money.
0: He has since said that he was really young when he did that and kind of not, um, you know what I mean? Not mature enough to really, I know what he was doing, so we're not supposed to hold that against him. So, yeah, I think he was only about 40. Um.
1: (laughs) So, recently, Brian Houston spoke at Casey Treat's church. Casey Treat is a megachurch pastor, and he played an important role in Brian Houston's life. He helped coach him on how to grow a megachurch.
0: Okay, he also gave Brian his first Harley Davidson. I just want to note that. Okay, so Casey treats the guy that showed him the ropes. Is that right? That's what I read. Okay. Um, I mean, he's not scandal-free himself. It's like, you know, you Google and there's all this stuff from the whole family, 2018, but you know what? It doesn't stop. It's business as usual. It's it's just incredible. Sorry, do you continue?
1: So Casey Treat is also affiliated with Association of Related Churches.
0: Oh my goodness. Okay.
1: So they have worked with a number of pastors that have had bad behavior, rehabilitating them. So it would make sense that they would work with somebody like Brian Houston or Carl Lentz.
0: So, okay, I mean, this really all does join back together. All right, I'm told that Casey Treat's land in Seattle was purchased by the local government. They want to put, like, train tracks through his land, so he just made an enormous profit on land and has become a whole lot richer and will be expanding. I wonder if Brian and Carl have had a... Uh, a truce behind the scenes via the treats or something in ARC is that what you're insinuating here I have
1: not had any informants that can fill in the holes in our understanding we know that it's a strong possibility that they are working with ARC especially Carl Lentz. there's a number of reasons to suggest that but again he could decide nope I'm not going to to start a church. There are a lot of mega church pastors that are not strong management types. They, they show up on Sundays and let other people do the, the rest of the work. They'll have people write their own sermons. They'll have people do all the counseling for them. And it's, it takes a lot of work to start a church. If you're going to do it right, your goal is to really to make disciples and train people And what the Bible says. I mean, you have to invest time into people. Some of these uh, pastors, they just
0: like to preach. They just like to be the center of attention. If they don't start that way, it seems they definitely end up that way. Yeah. Yes, yes, they do. There was an interesting article, I believe, in Newsweek about hype and how people have always loved to go to these events, you know, with a crowd that gets stirred up and all of that kind of stuff. And so they're saying, you know, he might be gone, but, you know, the next one will be along any minute now. Jordan Peterson recently had dinner with the Hillsong Sweden pastor, and it's just interesting watching these changes and mm, wondering what's going to come next. <sighs> Any comments. So,
1: there's two thoughts I would sort of like to leave you and your audience with. In the United States, when Ronald Reagan was president in the nineteen eighties, there was a slogan that his administration used. The slogan was personnel is policy.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: one of the most important decisions an organization makes is who makes up their board of directors? Who holds mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. accountable? Um it's a core issue with Hillsong. The people that were supposed to provide proper accountability, if the whistleblower complaint is correct, they have failed to do their job. Yes, so that's one thing I want to leave your audience with. Another thing I want to leave your audience with is a quote from an American pastor named John MacArthur, who I am not a fan of, but sometimes he says things that I absolutely agree with. hmm And, One time he preached a sermon, and this was in the 1980s, there was a big scandal, a sex scandal involving a televangelist named Jim Baker, and then there was another one with um, Jimmy Swaggart. After these scandals, John MacArthur preached a sermon, and in the sermon he said, beware of the pastor who is the hero of his own story. There are preachers that want to be the hero they want to be the center of attention
0: okay tell me then there's a particular um individual and I'm thinking of that is that his his entire shtick is his own story and how he was a failure and then you know now he's come back and is that I mean and now he is you know then a hero came along you know and it was him and that's his story so how do you, what's the difference between a testimony that you use every weekend and uh, being the hero of your own story? When there are people that use their story
1: to deceive donors, to deceive people, they may claim they have changed when they have not changed. The same simple habits remain
0: Mm -hmm. I mean
1: Mm -hmm. we see that over and over again with some of these pastors that are discredited and and should stay away from the church as far as
0: they just keep insisting on coming back but I mean how do you tell when somebody's being a hero and when somebody's just recounting their own wonderful grace story sometimes the best
1: way is to serve in silence if Brian Houston really believes the Bible and everything, you know what? He says, serve God, not in the pulpit, but when no one's looking, when there's no audience applause, when there's no means of of getting um, honor for it. I mean, that would be... Like,
0: uh, would you get paid for that?
1: Is that a... Not necessarily, but I mean, with his age, does he really need a salary? For example, uh, Carl Lentz, in my opinion, should not become a pastor again. But if he does, and I assume he would, first thing I think he would try to do is tell a comeback story. This is what I learned. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, we are all waiting on the comeback story because it's gonna—you know what I mean—we're gonna get a are gonna get all the details. Hopefully, we'll get because do you know what I mean? The the more horrific the fall, the more we will want to all welcome him back with open arms. Yeah. The greater the tears, do you know what I mean? Like it's 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 going to be interesting. I just always wondered why Oprah didn't triple whatever his severance pay was or something he could still do motivational speaking i <laughs> yes he could you know i do love the tabloids so oh,
1: i mean i would not be surprised if he were to come out with a book
0: no oh, i hope uh, so
1: Sell your on autobiography a way of cashing in on it
0: oh he's um, like the tiger woods of hillsong it would yeah i'm just thinking you know then there's mistress books and yeah and tours and could be a whole Lentz industry. So uh, putting the
1: attention on himself rather Sorry. than Paul in the Bible, um, the apostle Paul, he wanted the attention to be on Christ, not himself. And he had a wild testimony to tell. So and again, Carl Lentz has a wild story to tell as well, but it doesn't mean he needs to be in the pulpit sharing his testimony. I mean, if he wanted to make a comeback, He should get in the pulpit, read the Bible and let the Bible speak for itself and not try to ever preach the prosperity gospel, not try to um, make the story about himself, not try to entertain people. And and when you start doing that and you start removing the emotionalism, what attracted a
0: lot of people to him, those things won't be there anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So that ain't going to happen. Thank you, Barry, so much. I really appreciate all You're your welcome. time and Always expertise. To you. so great to talk to you. Thank you, thank you. Have a great day. Have a great night. Thank you. Bye. Hello and Wow. Thank you so much for sticking around and listening to part two of A World of Trouble. A huge thank you to Alex Spencer and to Barry Bowen from Trinity Foundation. And of course to our Queen, Natalie Moses and uh, Josh Bornstein for taking this on. This certainly will not be the last time we discuss this case and I love that we got to really look at it this way and I hope it's been helpful to people. Make sure you share it, spread it around, let people know. This is a federal court matter and there are 12 allegations and they have international repercussions for Hillsong globally. My understanding, I've been told that there is enormous support for the Chief Financial Officer during this difficult period of a spiritual attack. So, you know, don't be afraid to let your voices be heard about justice in this case and... When I say keep leaving Hillsong this week, what I want you to think about, if if you're supporting them at all, stop giving them your money. Just stop it. They can do without it. And uh, it's really clear now where those funds are going. So just don't feel bad. Stop tithing to them. Stop supporting their charities. It's going to be a a world of trouble. Ugh keep being kind to yourselves, especially if you have been donating. I know a lot of people think they're doing the work of God, but it hasn't worked out that way. So look after yourselves, be kind to yourselves, be kind to each other, keep leaving Hillsong. And you know, these pods take a lot of work. There's a lot of hours that have gone into these for the guests and for the hosts. So Do yourself a favour and go over to the Patreon for Leaving Hillsong and the PayPal and support this work so more of it can be done. Thank you. Take care of yourselves and we'll talk soon. Bye.